1: I will call upon you to do a service
0: for me. Play the godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're Paul. I'm the new sprinter. Ah, uh, sprint plus. Intern. Yeah, clever, right? I'm gonna <laughs> look at getting an amazing
1: iPhone 8. Yeah, because they have an all glass design, advanced cameras. I'm going to. I'm uh, going to give your second phone to your new friend. Wow! <laughs> now lease one iPhone 8 and give a second one on us. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. iPhone 8, 64 gigabyte, 2917 a month. Second iPhone 8 after 2917 a month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires two new lines or one new and one upgrade with 18-month leases. Early termination results in full balance. due. blue stack, subject to credit, and third activation restrictions apply. You're locked into Inception Radio Network, Superior, Wisconsin. From aliens to ghosts. Demons to angels. And from shadow people to the outlandish. Heidi Hollis is The Outlander, Outlander. Outland.
0: welcome welcome to my awesome friday evening you're listening to me heidi hollis the outlander welcome to the show it's a five-year anniversary on inception radio network i am super excited i've been hanging with these guys and this mj guy and joe and bob and kevin (laughs) we are not gonna talk about kevin I'm Just kidding. But five years on Inception Radio, I did have this program on another network for a couple of years. But, in all honesty, this has been a lot more fun. The audience has been a lot more cool and has grown exponentially. So I have to thank you all for your wonderful support. And I mean, my goodness. Now I've, I've gone from one show to two shows to three shows. Oh, this is my most favorite one, by the way I have to tell you <laughs> Because I get to be me And uh, hello, this is everything I like So <laughs> so the Outlander show Fridays 8pm Central And I do UFO Headline News Which is every single day Starting at noon And then I do the Kevin Cook show That's on Tuesdays, Starting at 8pm Central Standard Time And I always ask you guys to pray for me During that show, don't I? <laughs> Just a little bit, but I really once again have to thank you. Oh, and I can't forget my other edition, the Outlanders comic. I do that, and that is also an Inception Radio. And if you go to the Outlanderscomic dot com, or go to the front page of InceptionRadioNetwork dot com, you will see a paranormal comic strip unlike any other out there on the freaking planet. <laughs> I think, anyways. I had, I just. I have so much fun. I am just like taking over the network. You guys didn't know, huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Once again. And now i just tell everybody what this show is about. Just in case you haven't listened to me in these five long years. No, fun years. Fun. This show is about bringing outlandish and interesting topics to the forefront from aliens, angels, ghosts, demons, holy encounters, shadow people to Bigfoot too. The Outlandish. I always say if it's weird, we're here, and so are you. So you are among friends. If you do not know who I am when it comes to the Outlandish, personally, I'm someone who has been there, seen that, experienced it, freaked out, found some answers, wrote about it, got over it, and now I'm hoping to help others do the same darn thing and understand this wonderful, wacky, freaky, fun, spiritual world of ours. If you dare, I will welcome you to go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com. It's really difficult. And you will learn things about me there. My parents don't know, and I'm not kidding. (laughs) It's it's all G-rated. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) But I have YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, images of shadow people, aliens, hat man, all of that good stuff. And I want to tell you guys how you can hear this show. Well, hello. You're listening right now, aren't you? (laughs) IRNchat.com. What is that? That's the chat room where you can listen to the show and chat during the program. And I welcome your comments and questions during the show. Just put everything in caps and I could see it's a question easier that way. And uh, you can hear this show through just going to the IRN app. It's so much fun. And most of you guys do listen to the show through the app. I have learned this. (laughs) I I know patterns now. (laughs) And we're on iTunes, iHeart. I mean, you name it, we're there. And we're in the billions now. I'm just kidding. The millions. So your support and your appreciation and all this good, positive stuff has just been overflowing. And also, the most fun and direct way to listen to this network is a way that old-timers use, and I'm just kidding, my friends do this too, if you don't have a good internet connection, you just call a number, 712-770-8888, and I always welcome you guys to call into the show at any point, 1-888-919-2355, or you could just go to Skype and look for Inception Radio Network and send your questions and comments on through an MJ. The fabulous producer who has been dealing with me for all these years, (laughs) he will take your comments and questions. And I do realize, again, most of you guys listen to this show through the app. So that means you guys don't listen to it live. That's okay. That's okay. So a lot of times people don't call in during the live show. It's, It's okay. I know you're listening because I see the monstrous numbers. And I have to tell you guys... My most favorite part of my shows is something I call the outlandish corner. The outlandish corner is where I welcome you to write me about whatever it is that you're experiencing out there. I don't care what it is. Bigfoot, Jesus, anything and everything. Shadow people, hat man, that's the, that's the majority of the emails, the stuff that I get. But I'm open to all of it. But I welcome you to write me your experiences and send it my way, and I will try to give you some level-headed advice. Just write me at dus, D-A-S, outlander, at gmail.com. And uh, guess what? I'm actually going to get to it today. Yes, I know. I have been skipping these a lot because I've been having so many guests come on that sometimes there's in multiples. So... And guess what? I'm going to invite my guest for this evening to join me for it because he's in the know of this stuff. So, uh, and I'll get to more officially introduce him after this and read his bio and stuff so you guys will get to know him even more. So, William Stillman, he's going to join me right now. Are you there, William?
1: Hey, Heidi, congratulations <laughs> and happy anniversary.
0: Well, thank you. I think you're appropriate to be my guest for tonight because you get into a lot of these things that I cover. So we chatted quite a bit today, and I'm like my long-lost brother.
1: (laughs) Oh, brother from another mother.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So it's, it's so cool to have you join me for the Outlandish Corner. I'm going to dive right in and I'm going to read off some of these emails and uh, we'll just take it from there and see if we could lend a helping hand. And I don't usually read these before I go on air, so I try to edit as I go along if there's some swearing and yeah, all that good stuff. So, all right, we're beginning. It says, uh, this first one says, hello, Heidi, my name is Naomi. I'm from Transylvania. Oh, cool. And I turn 19 next month. I heard about you and I thought to share with you my experiences with this hat man shadow. I didn't know anything about this thing until I woke up one night from a nightmare only to open my eyes and look at the ceiling. There he was, a shadow with a top hat, pitch black, hovering over me inches away from my face. This happened last year in January. Since then my life turned into a complete nightmare. I had terrible nightmares with him. I got sleep paralysis and even visions. I saw him rushing before my eyes. I fell into clinical depression. I had severe mood disorders and insomnia. Now I'm consulting a psychologist and also a psychiatrist because I have to deal with it. I want to continue my life even if this bastard messes up my brain. I burn sage, pray to God, but he doesn't care. He mocks God. He tugs at my soul, at my energy. I'm so exhausted. (sighs) Last week, I had a weird and awful experience. This is what happened. I fell asleep. I woke up at night and looked at my phone. 3 a.m. I closed my eyes again. I kept hearing tapping on the furniture. This shadowy guy appeared in my head. He popped up in my head all of a sudden. He was at the end of my bed, at my feet, sitting on my chair. I made a disgusted face expression as I was trying to erase him from my mind, but I couldn't. I was in so much stress that my brain began to freeze, and at that moment, I snapped my eyes open. He was there. He sat there on the chair, watching me, legs crossed, one hand on his knees and the other hanging. He was grinning at me with the most twisted expression. I was blinking, so I knew I was wide awake. That's when it hit me, the most painful sensation. I felt my body being electrocuted. My chest was burning and my eyes were watering from pain. I got chills and started to panic. I was, he was grinning in a terrifying way. I was covered in cold sweat, too scared to react. All of a sudden, my ears started ringing, my head was pounding really bad, and a high, static, high-pitched scream came from my closet. He got up, and that's when I blacked out. Since then, I suffer from panic attacks and depersonalization. Tomorrow, my psychiatrist will put me on medication. When I get angry, I have an extreme urge to stab myself or set myself on fire. Oh, my goodness. I try to stay as calm as possible because I'm scared of myself when I get mad. It's like it's not me. Hard to explain and even harder to live this nightmare. I pray to Jesus. I burn sage, but this a-hole just laughs. He mocks God and does not leave me alone. It's torture. I'm sick of him and his stupid minions trying to catch me. I'm sorry that this is so long, but I really need your advice. I want my story to be heard because my parents just don't believe me. I am desperate. Thank you so much for your time, Heidi. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Oh, my God, and you know, I got a chance to speak with William extensively, so I know that you can relate to this, so I'm going to let you take this first, and then I'll add my two cents at the end. Go for it,
1: William. Yeah, thanks, Heidi. First of all, my my empathy and my sympathies go out to Naomi yeah. because I I know who he is and I experienced him also, and we'll probably talk more about that later on. Yeah. But I want you to know, Naomi, that you are not alone, that you are not a victim here, and I think it's really important to not fall into the trap, which is what he wants, of the the victim mentality. So um, I'm encouraging of you to continue doing the things that you are doing, which is defending yourself, uh, but I'm also wondering... What precipitated his first appearing to you? And I'd be willing to bet, Naomi, that you have been in a very stressful position or you've been feeling particularly vulnerable because that's how he operates. He tends to prey upon us and kick us when we're down. So I, I would never discourage anyone from saging or setting out crystals or anything like that, but bottom line is nothing Nothing trumps the power of prayer. And I hear what you're saying, Naomi, about um, it, it doesn't seem to be working for you. So what I would recommend, and, and I'd like to hear what Heidi has to say about this also, is I would find two other people that know you and absolutely love and adore you. And with those two other people, I would join hands in a circle, and I would bless every space— Of your living area. And that may not be a once and done thing. So it may be that you have to do that once or twice a week. But that should help also. And I also want to let Naomi know that uh, just before we came on the air, and Heidi doesn't know this, but I said a prayer and a blessing and I sent protection from myself to Heidi and to all those who will be listening as well
0: oh oh that's beautiful thank you you know it's funny it's like when you and I talked and and we just were both agreeing with each other and this is what I tell people to do I'm like we are so on the same level with this and this poor girl from Transylvania my gosh she writes better than most people I (laughs) I get emails from (laughs) and uh I'm just like you know this is, this is the, the MO of the hat man. He wears a person down. Oftentimes, people do get this odd introduction, and it just seems to be either it's a one-time deal or he just keeps coming again and again. And I tell people, you know, he's either so attracted to something you're doing negatively or you are so darn bright, he wants to stomp out your light. You could take it as a compliment or, or not, you know, and, and I tell people, you know, only you know if you prefer to pet a dog or kick it. So was he attracted to darkness in you or was he attracted to the light? But either way, you could flip the switch and kick him out. And and I tell people to do the same thing, bless absolutely every corner of your home. And yeah, you do need the backup of others to help you with that. And if people live in that home with you, they should participate in the blessing, and uh, have no doubts. God doesn't have any doubts in you, so don't have any doubts in Him and being able to take a step forward and help you in the situation. It, it, there, there must be something that uh, I'm not sure what these, these practices with the sage and whatnot, I don't use anything like that. Me, water, holy water, spring water, you know, using a cross, That's that's my method. I don't know what it is that you use with that, William, but uh, it's it's something that is pure and uh, works for me <laughs> it's worked for me for a very long time
1: yeah I, I wouldn't know the first thing about burning sage or how to do it to be honest right. with you I have yeah, only uh, I have only ever <laughs> I have only ever used the power of prayer and mm-hmm. um, I also wear a crucifix across um, when I'm doing that work specifically um, mm-hmm. you know I have to interject something here also heidi if I may very quickly as we're yeah. talking about Naomi's situation, I keep getting the feeling that she lives in an apartment. And I, I want to let her know to be aware of what is going on in the other apartments around her, if that is in fact the case. Because I've had this happen before, where the person really is very, quite, very innocent and isn't doing anything untoward, but mm-hmm. it co- it's coming through the wall, the ceiling, or the floor from the adjoining apartment where some really nasty stuff is going on.
0: I have heard and seen that. Isn't that, that's like, well, how the heck do you protect yourself? But you can do it. You just have to put up that barrier. But, uh, yeah, I've had people tell me something stuck its head through the wall and ran back into the wall to my neighbor. I'm like, yikes. Oh, scary stuff. All right. So, so when, you're, move do- when to- you're
1: doing the... Sorry, mm-hmm. when you're doing the blessing, I would put um extra emphasis on the wall where you think it's coming it's seeping over,
0: yeah, that's a, it's a great idea. All right, moving on to the next one. This one says, "Dear Heidi, my name is erica. i'm thirty five years old. I'm from Middlebury, Connecticut. while I was living in a townhouse in Waterbury, Connecticut with my ex boyfriend of eleven years. He's a police officer who was 11 years older than myself. I've experienced the most frightening and horrific feelings imaginable with the hat man. Gosh, it's this man again. This happened around 2010, and at the time, my boyfriend and I were asleep. I woke up out of a dead sleep and looked to my right near the bedside table, and there it was. A very tall, very dark man wearing what I always describe to friends and family as a Dick Tracy hat. It seemed as if he had a cape on as well. I was paralyzed with fear, and my boyfriend woke up after he heard me crying and asked what was wrong. And I pointed to the right side of the bed and said, don't you see him? He helped me calm down, and as soon as I looked at my boyfriend and back to where the shadow man was, he was gone. All of my fear subsided, and my heart started to slow down to normal beats. I was trembling, and my boyfriend said he's never seen me shake that way I did that night ever in my life. I would love to read your book. I was just telling my boyfriend now about the experience, and we were looking up the specific, uh, specific features of the hat man, and I came across your website. My cousin, who was two years older than me, witnessed a similar experience a month before. Thank you for having an outlet for people to share their experiences with. If you have any current information on this horrific experience, may you please let me know where to go for the research. And please contact me anytime. Sincerely, Erica. Um, At least it was the one time. You know what blows my mind, uh, William, with, with people that have experienced him even once? They are terrified he will ever show up again. Like, for the rest of their lives or many years, like, they can't get him out of their heads. I mean, why do you think that is?
1: I think maybe he's testing the water to see Mm -hmm. what he can get away with. But, you know, as you're reading, is it Erica? Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's Erica. As you're reading her story, the very first thing that came to my mind was, as a police officer, her boyfriend is in constant contact with people who are not nice people, with people who are... Uh, addicts, alcoholics, who uh, yeah. are severely, severely mentally ill. And my first thought was that he brought something home with him.
0: That sounds, you know, I, you and I were speaking, and it's like we seem to find this pattern that that is very common to have something negative of that nature, abuse of any kind, physical or drugs or emotional, and, you know, turmoil in a person's life. And, boy, this negative stuff loves to come around and, and hang out and just instigate it or create it, even it's like they see a little way in. They get the, he gets his big toe in there and he just wiggles around till he gets to creep in all the way, and it's it's horrible. Now you said that you had experienced him at, for years, correct?
1: Yes. Uh, now this is going back about forty five years, so yeah. I don't know how long people I don't know how long people have been seeing him, but I've been seeing him since uh, the early seventies, and I was shocked, uh, to find out that other people had seen the exact same thing that I had as a child.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah. I I still get emails like that. They think they were the only one they Google him and they're just like, I'm not, you know, they, they can't believe their nightmare has expanded so far out. And I'm like, Oh, this has been going on for a very long time. It's, it's sad. I do want
1: to tell Erica, I don't know how open her boyfriend is to doing this, but one of the things that I think would be really helpful is every day before he leaves to go to work, he should, in the context of a prayer, imagine uh, a veil that casts over him made of luminous golden light that will protect him, it will defend him, and it will also be a shield to repel and deflect anything that is not for his greater good. And that should be very helpful in his encounters with with criminals, with people Mm. who are addicts, and to not risk uh, something attaching and bringing it home again.
0: Oh, I like that. Knock it before it gets attached. I tell people when you come home, you know, wipe your feet off and imagine shake it and the negativity off before you drag it into the house. So I, that's good. Stop it before it becomes a problem. So uh, Erica, I want to tell you, you know, use this use and bless your home and, uh, you know, start anew and have your guy Totally keep himself uh, in in the clear, and and also watch who are your friends too, because they could drag stuff over into your home as well. And my book on the Hat Man, I believe, is like the only like definitive book out there, one hundred percent on him only. So, um, I you know check it out. I hope that it's helpful. And we've got time to squeeze in a short email. Uh, This one says, Dear Heidi, I happened to come across your website by Beyond Reality segment that you did. Okay, cool. I am a somewhat medium. I don't practice it or do it for a living or anything. If something comes through, I let people know. Anyways, I was listening to the program, and I was recalling every time that I have seen shadow people. It started when I was about three, and to this day, they run around my home. I honestly believe that any negative things that happen in my family, I believe that the shadow people stir it up. I sage every so often. I burn frankincense and mirth, also sandalwood. I never really talk about it. My family doesn't either. My daughter and my son are now seeing it at work. Oh, gosh. Any suggestions to take to them? uh, Message at your convenience. Thank you for your time, Angela. Well, um, I'll let you take it first, uh, William, and then I throw my two cents in. Thanks, Heidi. Um, Mm -hmm. You
1: know, this person is saying that she does some mediumship, and I have to say that I, I I am also a psychic medium, and I've been doing the work for going on 14 years now, and when I do the work, I enter into it with a very deliberate process that includes prayer and meditation so that I am well protected. And it's something that I take very seriously. So I just want to put out that caution to uh, the the person who has written to you that um, it, it is not something to be taken lightly, and that it is of the utmost importance that you do protect yourself in prayer when you are doing the work, no one should be turned on 24-7 because you will completely deplete your energy across three domains, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, and you have the potential to make yourself very ill. So um, my advice would be, uh, you know, to, if you're going to do that kind of work, to, to protect yourself so that um, these, these characters
0: move on. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I um I, I think I, I understand, you know, people they get these tools that they were told work or they use it for other things like this frankincense mirth and sandalwood stuff. I'm like, huh? I don't I don't get it. I don't use that stuff. Um but I, I understand. It's like they say, Well, you know, or the salt and, you know, different things. It's like I don't know what value that gets placed on these things. Um but I just know the old-fashioned way because I, I'm I'm always, you know, very direct to Sam Christian. I, I use water, holy water, crucifix, and prayer. And I don't stand in front of these negative things. I throw God in front of me and I say, take this one. <laughs> so, it's, it, it's not um, it's not something you could do alone. And, you know, I didn't hear Angela in here saying that she is uh, saging with, with family and friends. She's doing this and no one talks about it you know, the one thing that evil is good at is isolating a person. And you have got to share about these things, what's going on. Everybody needs to share their experiences and not to build that negative thing up and and, and whatnot, but so it's not a secret. So that it's out in the light, out in the open, because you have strength in numbers. and, And, you know, that's that That solo thing, you know how many emails I get from people who are like, I'm all alone. I don't want to be thought to be crazy, but I'm going crazy because I'm all alone. (laughs) It's like a catch-22. So stop it. Start sharing. Start conversing. Get together. Bless your home with something natural your prayer, throw that out there. I use, you know, symbolically water as a cleansing thing. It's been used in the Bible. I That's what all I use, and, and that's all I suggest people to, to use. William just throws prayer. I mean, that's, you know, God is never to be questioned in the face of this evil stuff. It's not easy to have absolutely no doubts in faith, but God knew what he was doing when he made us, right? Because we're all full of doubts and whatever, but the one area in our lives we're not supposed to have doubts is when it comes to God. And it's like, but hold on, we're always questioning things. So it's okay. <laughs> what is that saying? You could have the strength that, or the belief and the faith of a mustard seed, and that would move a mountain. Believe that. That's straight from Jesus, okay? <laughs> so um, take that take that step forward and with your family, with your friends. And William has also suggested, I mean, it's like, don't 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 isolate yourself don't isolate these these things that are going on uh, between family members too i lived in a haunted house growing up and the things that i've learned years later like what you had that happen to you and you didn't say anything it's like you know the reality strikes you so much more when you get the full picture like oh that needed to be dealt with faster than what we were because i didn't know the intensity that others were experiencing so you know, Heidi, I, I,
1: I am I, I am with you a hundred percent, and I say often to people, illuminate the truth, illuminate right. the truth, no secrets of any kind.
0: Exactly. I mean, we have to. I, I have a paranormalpledge.com dot com site. It's like to take a pledge and say, I will say something, I will speak up, you know, and start sharing because knowledge is is everything. And, uh, you know, I I really want to thank you all for writing us and and allowing me and William to to address your questions and and comments here. And I'm going to more officially introduce William after the break. So you guys stick around. You're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander, and we will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander. Remembering always if it's weird, we're here. And we're giving you advice and insight on outlandish topics. And the phone lines are always open at 1-888-919-2355. And I'm going to now officially introduce the gentleman who was helping me with those... Oh, my goodness, really tough emails. Uh, Psychic medium, William Stillman. He is the internationally known award-winning author of so many fantastic books, like the Autism and God Connection book trilogy, everybody. That just sounds like you just have to read it. That explores aspects of spiritual giftedness in many people with autism. These books encompass autism and the God Connection, the Soul of Autism, and the Autism prophecies. His other books include Under a Spiritual Siege, How Ghosts and Demons Affect Us and How to Combat Them, and The Secret Language of Spirit, Understanding Spirit Communication in Our Everyday Lives, which is what we're going to speak on as well today. That's your newest book. And since O4, Stillman has worked professionally as a psychic and spiritual counselor, His accuracy in discerning the truth and making predictions that come to fruition has been acclaimed by his clients as truly extraordinary. I have to say, Stillman, you have been everywhere, coast-to-coast AM, I mean, Swedenborg and life. I mean, there's so much that you've been doing. Everybody, give a round of applause to William Stillman. Welcome. Thank thank you,
1: thank you. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah, and, you know, guys, go to williamstillman.com. You will see his fantastic books. There's just so many. I was just, like, flipping through and I'm like, oh, I want that one, I want that one, and I want that one. It's like, my goodness, so you're full-time writing.
1: Just about, but, you know, I I write very quickly, and I n- am not coordinated enough to write with both hands, so I type with one finger, believe it or not.
0: You do not.
1: <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a fast-hunting
0: pecker. Oh my goodness! Wow! You know, <laughs> my you know my dad. He was he's working with computers before people knew they were invented, uh, and he is a two-finger wonder. I mean, I mean that is it. He just types with those index fingers going madly. I, I've just never seen anything like it, but he's really he's really quick with it. So well, yeah, I'm a it. one-finger wonder. <laughs> one finger i mean that would hurt my neck to look down tip tip tip, tip. <laughs> my goodness but uh, that's that's really cool so i mean what on earth okay so i get it you're psychic <laughs> but you've you've always been psychic but from the conversation we had prior you didn't always hone in on that skill what was going on and how'd that happen
1: well i think that we all have gifts and talents to be honest with you heidi and i think that those of us who are truly blessed are able to employ those gifts and talents for our vocation or our avocations and hobbies. But I also think that we all have spiritual gifts and talents, and I think it is our birthright as human beings. And a lot of us maybe are uncertain about how to tap into those gifts and talents, and that's what the secret language of spirit is all about, and we'll We can talk more about that. But more to your question, I was an intensely, painfully, exquisitely sensitive little boy. Mm. And there were a lot of unusual things that happened to me and around me as a young child. And I remember quite vividly an example of just how sensitive I was was the time when I was with my parents and we were sitting in a church pew during service, and I was sobbing. You're Paul. I'm the new sprinter. Ah, sprint. Intern. Yeah, clever, right? I'm gonna look f- at getting an amazing iPhone eight. Yeah, because they have an all glass design, advanced cameras. I'm going to uh... going to give your second phone to your new friend. Wow, Paul. Now lease one iPhone 8 and give a second one on us. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. iPhone 8, 64 gigabyte, twenty nine seventeen a month. Second iPhone 8 after twenty nine seventeen a month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires two new lines or one new and one upgrade with 18-month leases. Early termination results in full balance. due. is stacks stack, subject to credit, and 3rd activation restrictions apply. Uncontrollably, and I, I couldn't contain my emotion, and I became aware that my parents were whispering back and forth, and right in the middle of service, they picked me up and we left which i kind of shocked me at the time and i never told anyone what was going on but there was a reason why i was crying i had been staring at a glorious and terrible stained glass window of the crucifixion and i oh. was grieving for the pain that christ must have endured as a 6 year old child and that oh. that seems pretty darn sensitive to me in hindsight gosh But, you know, when you're that gentle, it's accepted up until a certain point. But when you're a pre-adolescent and a teenager, that doesn't go over so well, especially if you're a boy, among other boys. And I most definitely became odd man out and an easy mark and an easy target. And for many years of my life, on virtually a daily basis, I was verbally abused and physically harassed. And my speech and my body language were openly mocked and mimicked in front of adults, like cafeteria staff and bus drivers and teachers. And these people did little to nothing to stop it from happening. And so that, that exquisite sensitivity got blocked up. I did not have a support system. We were talking earlier about talking about what's going on with you and how important that is. I didn't do that. I kept it all to myself. And... I began reflecting back what other people were projecting upon me. And so I became very bitter and very cynical and very cold and gray and ugly. And this was also a period of time in the early 70s when I became attracted to dark things. At that time, it was all called the occult. Mm. So we're talking about witchcraft, spellcasting, demons vampires, werewolves, and so on. And it was during this period of time, you know, The Exorcist was first released, and it was extremely controversial, and I just could not get my hands on enough information about all of this. Then I began to be singled out by, well, I always thought of him as the Dark Man. I never realized that he had a name, and apparently you coined it, Hatman. Yeah, I just always thought of him as I always thought of him as the dark man. <laughs> so I would uh, be lying in bed at night, and I would hear footsteps approaching my bedroom, and there he would be and standing in my bedroom doorway, a a black silhouette of a man uh, well over six feet tall, a black floor length coat and a broad brimmed black hat, and he would communicate to me telepathically. And he would um, make promises to me that I'm sure were false promises. But he was there for the sole purpose of seducing me into recruitment. And he was telling me that he could bestow upon me powers to have control over my tormentors and my perceived enemies. And now you can imagine someone in my position who... Was developing post traumatic stress disorder, um, who became clinically depressed and almost committed suicide. That was a very attractive proposition to me. And I also want to stress to the folks listening this was not frightening. This was not, I was not frozen with terror. It was unpleasant and it was unnerving but it was not frightening. And my phantom was clever enough to know that if it had been frightening, that would have shut me down completely. So he knew enough to show up and to present himself as a figure of authority and one who had some power enough to impress me to to give him a listen. And he gave me a taste of that. And I remember telling kids at school. I was a witch. I could cast spells. I had certain mm-hmm. powers. that yeah, were and again, that again were, how
0: old were you at that time?
1: Very young. I must have been uh, about 10 or 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember being on the recess playground one day in particular and t- telling these kids, you know, I could cast spells. And I had been, it, this power had been impressed within me. And they said, well, prove it. And I said, what do you want me to do? Well, about um, maybe four or five yards from us, there was a a big multi, multi-boy fist fight going on. I don't know how it happened, hmm. but there must have been about a dozen kids, big pile up. And they said, if, if you can do this, break up that fight. And so I started chanting something that I thought was a spell mm-hmm. and As soon as I stopped the spell, this gust of wind swept over the playground that smelled like cow manure, and it sent everybody scattering, and it broke up the fight. And then I knew that this was for real, this was not a game, and this was really happening to me.
0: Goodness. You know, I've been talking more recently with uh, several people who are, realizing the hat man's ultimate goal is to essentially have them partner up with him and when i spoke to you earlier today and and you're like well he's trying to recruit me i'm like oh my gosh that is exactly it it's like some people don't have enough experiences with him to know what his ultimate goal is they just feel kind of terrorized or watched or abused by him but he's trying to break you down to get you to see what it is, uh, he can offer you in, in exchange for you working for him, but did he ever explain to you what that would mean? I mean, is it a, a piece of your soul, or how yes. did
1: you interpret yeah, it, it? it? Yeah, no, it was about having control over my soul.
0: And what, what would you categorize him as, then?
1: Uh, well, as a demonic energy, is that what you're asking?
0: Yeah. Sometimes he's introduced yeah. himself. Has he ever told you who he is?
1: No, but I knew because I had read enough books at that age. As I said, I was attracted to the occult, yeah. and I, I had read enough to know exactly who he was and what he was about and what he wanted.
0: Gotcha. No, it, so it, it's no, so, I
1: agree with yeah. I, I agree mm-hmm. with you, Heidi. That he's there. T- I, I think for people that are maybe of a more fragile constitution, he definitely wants to wear them down to the point of becoming um, immobilized. Uh, mentally ill and suicidal. Um, for folks that maybe are maybe a little bit more fortified, uh, it's to cause harm to others, and that's the recruitment piece.
0: Yeah. Do you personally think there's more than one of him?
1: Probably in the way that I think in the heavenly realm, we can mm-hmm. we can split our energy any number of ways.
0: Right. <laughs> Yeah, I got you. I, I, people have asked me this, and and I'm like, you know, God could be everywhere. You know, our, our energy, like you're saying, could be everywhere. It's like, why can't it be one entity that can be in multiple places? Um, but he does change up his look just a bit, but not not a whole heck of a lot. And and the reason he doesn't is so he's recognizable to be the same guy doing the same crap to so many different people. Otherwise, he'd change it up, but he wants to be new. Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, crazy. you know, I've also, en- I've also encountered m- minions, you know, so I've, I've been in situations where I've seen, you know, imps scatter to the four corners of the room when I walk in and things of that nature.
0: Wow. Crazy. Yeah. But I'll let you continue with your story. Absolutely fascinating. <laughs> You've got so many la- layers and levels. I-, I just, I dig it all. So continue. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, so as I was saying, you know, it was a really awful, it was the worst period of time in my life. And I, you know, um continued to be bullied and threatened and I I was smart enough to know to resist the Phantom, the Dark Man. Uh, but you know, I, I was kind of on the fence about it also, so I kinda of toyed with it. And um that that cynicism, that bitterness, that spite, that hatefulness, kind of, I carried that into adulthood, to be honest with you, and I didn't like myself very much, and it wasn't until I was in my late 30s and early 40s when I really put my foot down, and I, I made a really conscious decision to put time and effort into becoming an improved version of my old self. I wanted to reclaim the sensitivity that had been that little boy that sobbed for Jesus Christ in a church pew so long ago.
0: Uh, I see.
1: And I, um, I, I dialed up God. I, I reestablished a relationship with God that had been dormant and about which I had been indifferent for a long period of time. Cause I felt like, where was God when I needed him most mm. during that period of time that was so awful and, and um
0: I think that's that's I, the that's the prime time when these negative things love to pounce on someone when they're they're doubting God, when they they feel isolated. It's it, it's so common, such a common theme, isn't it? It is, and it's
1: you know, it's a very cowardly approach to prey upon people who are struggling and who are innocent. Yep. But um you know, that was my situation and now, you know, so many years later I come to find out that it's the, the circumstances are the same for so many other people, and it's still going on, and I can't believe it. So I thank you for such an important service that you are providing to countless numbers mm-hmm. of people, I am certain, because I had nothing and no one at yeah. that time. And would I, what I wouldn't have given for someone like Heidi Hollis to say, huh. it's what, you're not alone Other people are going through what you're going through, and God is the answer. God is the light at the end of the tunnel. And man, once I made that commitment, Holly, and I started learning about spirit guides and how we are all blessed with that kind of protection, everything just shot through the roof. I made up for decades in about three months' time. (laughs) And, And that is when my head just opened up and I began doing the psychic work, very late in life
0: that, that's yeah you know, at first i want to say i appreciate the, the the positive uh i don't know it's it's been such a it's been a struggle you know I, I i had similar situation where i was like i am in the middle of seeing things that are supposedly not happening and i could find no reference to and and I just I knew that I had to put the stuff out there and and I, I chatted with you earlier that you know I wouldn't be doing any of this if I did not have an, a Jesus encounter um, at the at first one I've I've seen him a few more times since but um, I mean he set me on this path to do what I'm doing and you know he asked me to to do him a favor and you know if the big guy asks you something you sure don't shy away you go oh, okay okay when can I begin so. Um, you know, I have to give it to him, and his birthday's coming up. So, you know, all to Jesus and God, and you know, so I, I, I appreciate it. And, and you're doing—it's, it, it—you know, I, I sometimes I'm, I'm in awe of people like you because here you started off with something so negative that was trying to control your energy and who and what your potential was going to be, and you flipped the switch, and and you're helping. You're internationally known for helping people pull out of their struggles with such things, and to recognize their their connection to God, even those who have autism. And oh, I can't wait till we talk about that too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, so you are you, you know, know I, your work is, I, I, is amazing.
1: I, thank you, Heidi. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I may have had a Jesus, a Jesus moment myself. You know, I just oh. remembered that. In my darkest moment, at, at 16 years old, being home alone and sitting, sitting on the floor with my father's old straight razor and, and playing this out in my head, um, what would this be like? Um, would I panic uh, when I saw blood? Um, I imagined that I would get a ringing in my ears that would get louder and louder, and then I would just check out. And something inside me said no no you you don't want to do this thing because someday people will know who you are for what it is that you have to offer them wow and in in that moment i had no clue of what that meant or what that would look like but i i understand it clearly now
0: oh yeah it's obvious wow that's amazing Absolutely amazing! So, your your newest book, "The Secret Language of Spirit: Understanding Spirit Communication in Our Everyday Lives." What is it that you you try to show people in regards to how to even establish that spirit communication every day?
1: The secret language of spirit. It's actually a follow up to last year's book, which was under spiritual siege. And I have mm-hmm. to say, um, I'm grateful to Hatman, so I'm going to disempower him. Hmm. By making making him work for me and to my advantage in Love illuminating it. the truth, right? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So
0: we're gonna we're head. gonna
1: pull we're gonna pull one over on him and Love and it. turn the tables, right? But this the secret language of spirit was written really as a primer mm-hmm. for the layperson to understand uh, about what goes on in heaven and that we are spiritually protected, um, we have to want it in order to be able to access it. We have to be mature enough to be ready for it, and to, to communicate to people the signs and signals and symbols that may be manifesting all around us on a regular basis. You know, it's, it's not often that Spirit speaks to us in ways that are Verbally spoken, and so a lot of the times, it it the communication comes through in ways that are cryptic and iconic and symbolic because that's the way of spirit. It's mm. it's. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I I actually got inspired to write this book after having gone to the movies. Oh, <laughs> and I saw I saw a film that you probably saw called Arrival. Yes. And with Amy Adams, and for people who haven't seen it, real briefly, she's a college professor who's a linguist specializing in translating obscure languages, and she's tapped by the United States Army to help to interpret extraterrestrial communication. That's the gist of the film. And I thought, I was so impressed with it, and I thought, I do that too. In my work as a psychic medium, I am interpreting an obscure language, and translating that into words for people who are not yet as fluent as I am. Uh And it is like, it's like translating Egyptian hieroglyphics, because it's all symbols and icons. And the point that I make in the secret language of spirit, which is kind of interesting, is that as a whole, globally, as a culture, we're kind of slowly shifting in that direction also, and it's what people call emojis. <laughs> so we're we're kind of yeah. we're kind of being we're kind of being primed for getting used to that kind of communication as it is.
0: That's interesting. You know, I I wrote a book called Picture Prayers because I had an angelic vision of a sort that showed me words fall short of what's meant. Images are so much more fulfilling. So, um <laughs> I get what you're saying. It, there's, so when, when we hear like psychics that are saying, okay, hey, I'm getting an image of a hairbrush, and they have to kind of interpret, well, what does the hairbrush mean? Like, Is, is that how you get your uh, messages?
1: Yes. Uh, well, I actually, through trial and error, have a lexicon of about three dozen standard symbols that when they're shown to me, mm-hmm. I know, ah, okay, this equals this. Oh. And I know how to put it into proper context, yeah. I but they can on, they, I can only be shown things that I would know to recognize and understand because I've lived it or I've been exposed to it. So it's within my, my purview of reference.
0: But do you get, like, actual, like, audible voices that say, hey, uh, William, tell them this for me? No,
1: uh, but I am really blessed in that I experience all the clares So I have clairvoyance, which is I'm getting mental pictures, movies, words, phrases, names. Um, Then I also will feel something physically. uh, That's clairsentience. And I may also smell, hear, or taste something. Now, I really don't hear voices, but sometimes I will hear pieces of music or I will hear certain noises or sounds. And so I'm sort of cobbling together this mixture of information and then putting it into phraseology for my clients or audiences.
0: Wow, interesting. You know, this is a, a fascinating question from the chat room. Samuel's asking, how do we know if we're hearing spirits with good intentions versus those trying to deceive us? That's a good one.
1: That's an excellent question, Samuel, and here's a really good rule of thumb for you and other people. A loving presence will only ever behave as a loving presence. So what that means, Samuel, is that the, the soul energy of loved ones who have passed on before you and who love and adore you will only ever do and say loving things. So if your grandma has passed on and she comes to you and she's telling you to harm yourself or others, that's not your grandma. That is something <laughs> masquerading as grandma.
0: That's a good way to put it. I mean, honestly, you think it would be so clear and knowing, but I think some people are so anxious to hear from grandma. They'll just kind of exactly. fill in the blanks, and, and that leaves you very vulnerable. But uh, and we're going to get... Ill- Go
1: ahead. Sorry, and those (laughs) ill intended energies, they will because they are imperfect, they will always get it wrong. So grandma's eye color will be wrong. (laughs) Or she'll be missing a finger or something like that.
0: Makes sense. All right, we're gonna get to our next break. You guys are listening to me, Heidi Hollis the Outlander, and we will be right back. Welcome back everybody. You're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Remembering always if it's weird, we're here and it's my five year anniversary for doing The Outlander here on Inception Radio Network. It has been fun. It has been unbelievable how many people are tuning in and let me tell you, the chat room is (laughs) jam-packed. I'm like, I can't even keep up with all the questions, so my apologies if I'm missing them. I'm trying to listen to William and, and go back and forth. I, I need an assistant or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm speaking with William Stillman, and I want to tell you guys to go check out his website, WilliamStillman.com. His books are incredible, and uh, you have got to check them out. It's It's something that you've never heard of in regards to, autism and the connection between uh, those with autism and God. And uh, we're speaking about absolutely everything. Hat man, we got a little little, little uh, witchcraft going in there with some Jesus encounters <laughs> and some heavenly stuff. I mean, my goodness, there is nothing that you don't seem to cover. And uh, I, I'm just absolutely blown away. And oh, I have to tell you, Erica, who we're speaking of, we're reading her, her letter early on in the show and she's in the chat room and she's saying that uh she's loving it and she's going to be listening to the show i guess a new fan that's awesome so and she's really appreciative of your comments as well so yeah so it's kind of cool that i I rarely do i get the person that wrote the the letter pop into the chat room so erica so glad that you could join us this evening (laughs) but uh so william my goodness so let's just jump on into i have to know about this godly connection with those with autism, you're you have three books on this with the one finger that you you wrote all these with the one <laughs> finger, the magic finger. And this uh, is true. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> that is one special finger. I hope you have a special splint on that finger. I'm an OT, you know, protect that <laughs> finger with everything you have. So
1: right,
0: what what, what inspired right. you to go and look at? children with autism and go wow there's something really unique going on here well it's
1: not just children with autism it's you know kids who are teenagers and and adults with autism also mm. and you know i've been in that field this is my 30th year anniversary it's your 5 year anniversary it's my <laughs> 30 year anniversary working in the field of serving people with developmental differences and autism mm. and I really delved very deeply specifically into autism uh, over 20 years ago. And, you know, I I tend to be one of those people where people just spill their guts to. I don't know why, but total strangers just unload to me. And I think people were getting comfortable enough to begin to share with me some very unique and unusual spiritual experiences that either they were having personally or their loved ones with autism were having. And I thought just for the heck of it, I was going to sort of put out some feelers in the early days of the internet uh, through message boards and chat rooms and so on. If, if other people were having uh, spiritual experiences and lo and behold, I heard from people all over the world who were telling me the same things, and none of these people knew each other. So I thought, wow, I wonder if there's something to this. And there was enough material there to to write three books, but I thought, you know what, what I'm putting out there is really radical information, and so I parceled it out incrementally over the course of three books. So you could read each book separately, but also each book flows one into the other and sort of builds upon the other as well. But, um, it, it's some beautiful, glorious, amazing stuff. It's not happening to all people with autism. So I don't want to, you know, polarize anyone to the, to that extreme, but many, many people have had experiences with deceased loved ones and angels and premonitions that come true. And, um, also, as you can imagine, being so innocent and and vulnerable and wide open, they are also uh, easy marks and easy targets for all that nasty stuff too that we 've been talking about
0: yeah my goodness i I worked with uh, I used to have my own uh, pediatric clinic, and uh, of course a lot of my my patients were autistic children, and wow, just the most positive uplifting little souls you could ever imagine are bundled in those special kids the ones that can express themselves are the ones that cannot and you're just like gosh you just you just wish you knew you know what that special thing was in them and uh some of them well you know i found that a great number of them they were so artistically gifted the artwork that they could create—I was just—I was in awe of them in so many different levels. That uh, well, they're just special, super special. Well,
1: he, here here's something to think about, uh, because when I started out in this field, the the incidence of autism was projected to be one in ten thousand, and it's now um, one in forty five.
0: Isn't that crazy? It's an epidemic.
1: So it, It is happening worldwide, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it is four to five times more likely in males than females. And, you know, the world needs people like this in it. And I think things are going to get really interesting over the next, next several decades, Heidi, because we might see a softening of aggression in the male gender. We're talking about people who have no interest in materialism, money, greed, competition, power of any kind, Um, things could get really interesting. I mean, who knows? There might be no more wars
0: at some point. If we could feel the pain of our neighbor, would we really strike our neighbor? We would really go out of our way to protect everyone as we're supposed to. We're supposed to treat each other like our brothers and sisters, uh, and just as uh, Jesus taught, you know, so it's... uh, it's kind of a, it is kind of a cool thing. And, and I hope and pray, you know, a lot of people are like, gosh, I, this world is so negative. I hope that it ends soon. And I'm like, no, 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 we would lose too many people. We we need to get onto this next level where we're able to communicate better. We're able to love more fully and to not be shy to say things like Merry Christmas for crying out loud. It's Christmas time. Everybody gets a Merry Christmas from me. If they don't celebrate it, they, you know, they still smile. I have friends that are Jewish and Muslim and, you know, it, and people are afraid to say that they are Christian. And you said during the break, people are afraid to say the word God. It's like, okay, so, you know, um, communication, we have to use verbal for right now. But, you know, moving into the next level of uh, reality, which I really believe is is the next uh, step in our evolution like you're talking about I mean, we have to. uh, We have to. We have to learn to (laughs) open up to the possibilities. And uh, yeah, this episode is getting interesting.
1: it's going to get really interesting. And you know, people with autism who don't speak because they're not wired for verbal Mm -hmm. communication—they're all they are—they're already communicating by telepathy. That's natural to them.
0: Oh yes. I believe it. Yeah, no, that's cool. So, and you're interpreting some of the things that they're interpreting? How's that
1: work? Well, uh, it, it works because these are folks who, they're, they're pointing to a letter board, or mm-hmm. they're using computer technology, or they're communicating um, through uh, picture icons. So the information's getting out. But the folks that aren't wired for speech, they live in a perpetual state of meditation. So they are constantly connected to the source or God, and um, they're getting guidance. Trust me, they are getting guidance on a regular basis.
0: That's beautiful. I had a guest on named Tani Cullen who spoke of her son's uh, once he learned how to use the iPad and was just typing away about what God believes in this and what He says about that and His visits. To- you're Paul. I'm the new Sprinter. Uh Ah, Sprint plus. Intern. Yeah, clever, right? <laughs> I'm going to look at getting an amazing iPhone
1: 8. Yeah, because. They have an all glass design, advanced cameras. I'm going to. Uh... going to give your second phone to your new friend. Wow, Paul. Now at least one iPhone 8 and give a second one on us. Visit your local Sprint store, sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. iPhone 8, 64 gigabyte, 2917 a month. Second iPhone 8 after 2917 a month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires two new lines or one new and one upgrade with 18-month leases. Early termination results in full balance. due. stacks subject to credit and third restrictions apply
0: heaven, and I mean, she was just blown away by it. And I, I think that, uh, you know, something special is truly going on. And you've written three books on the topic. So each book, what do they focus on? They, they focus
1: on this so-called God connection that um, some, but not all, people with autism uh, believe that they have. And it's just you know, illuminating the truth for people. You know, parents of kids with disabilities have for so long been made to feel shamed and disgraced and to be thinking of their children in terms of primarily the pathology of their so-called deficits. And I just wanted to flip that on its ear and let people know, look, this is, there's a beauty here and And how to illuminate the truth about the beauty uh, and and to presume the intelligence of your child, um, and that uh, they are valuable members of the community.
0: Amen to that. Truly, truly. So, if uh, if a person has a child who is, hmm, they seem to be in communication with something, uh, they seem to be aware of something, and they want to tap into whatever that something is, how best should they approach their child to uh, get to know them on that level?
1: Well, it may not be for them to be privy to. Mm. It may be a, a very private process, and that's in my books also, you know, it is not unusual for people with autism on a daily or regular basis to go off by themselves to be alone. And if you watch and listen, uh, you know, in a very clandestine way, you will see that they are having a two-way conversation and they are being counseled and mentored. And, And anytime anybody interrupts that, the whole thing gets shut down. Or that person will very politely lead the intruder out of the room and then go back to what they were doing. Um, and that's a, it's, a very, it's a very intimate process um, that I don't think that we are all intended to be made privy to. But um, in, in one of the books, there's an entire chapter on Jesus, because for a while there I was getting so many stories of people with autism talking about their encounters with Jesus.
0: Oh, wow. Was there a certain message that was coming across?
1: I'm trying to remember, but um, it was really more just about, um, you can do this, you can sustain, you are loved. You know, we're talking about folks who who really signed up for a challenging life, and a life where they are not widely accepted as equals. And it's tough. Um, I actually had <laughs> a kid uh tell his mom, Mom, it was between you and dad and a Japanese couple and I picked you because it's too hard to learn Japanese. Yo.
0: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That was that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs>
1: But, you you know, know, it it is a really, it's a really challenging life. We're talking about people who are constantly degraded. We're talking about people who are discriminated against, and it's really tough. And, but, you know, not one of them are without spiritual support.
0: That's amazing. And I think that's beautiful to know, you know, even with the, uh, Tani who had come on my, my, um, my show, has her challenges in this wonderfully gifted son of hers that you know she's not always getting what he's sensing, what he's experiencing, and why he has the breakdowns that he does because he he's not verbal, and it's it's like it's a challenge. Even though she realizes the communications he's having are, are truly special, so it's like special patience are, are required of these parents <laughs> that are that are uh, you know having these wonderful gifted kids as well. So it's like, yeah. you know, challenges all the way around. <laughs> but I, gotta, you know? I have to tell
1: you, Heidi, I talk about autism and the 90% factor. Mm-hmm. And the 90% factor is that, you know, in 30 years of time doing this work, 90% of what I do has absolutely nothing to do with the person on the autism spectrum. It has everything oh. to do with with my aspiring to be an agent of change to create a transformation in and among everyone around that person. That's the work.
0: You know, That's I, the work. Have heard, I have heard that. And it's it, it, with any kind of disability, a child being born into a family, a lot of extra stress goes into the family and for them to overcome that. And when they have uh, looked at their past lives or they just so happen to get hypnotically regressed and then look at why are they having the challenges they are now and they find oh this person was put in your life so you could get over this or you could figure that out and could grow your soul that way so that that really makes a lot of sense and even though we feel like i could have really done without that no you (laughs) could
1: no you know and the people that are able to rise to the occasion and accept the challenge of the spiritual throwdown that they've been dealt. They they have followed back up with me to say, m- m- my life is amazing. Uh, I've met people I never would have met otherwise. Um, I'm a better person than I was. I'm a better person than I know I would have been. Somebody said to me, um, autism made me grow up uh-huh. as a parent, which I think is a really interesting comment. So um, it's it's been an amazing thing. I've written... Uh, 10 or 11 books on autism, but the three of them are The Spiritual Connection.
0: The magic finger just breaks through all these barriers. <laughs> I just... I, uh, I put a magic finger image in the chat room like, this is William's Oh,
1: magic my.
0: Finger. <laughs> it's just... It's amazing. I mean, I'm like I'm working with all all ten fingers. I don't have that many books out. I got six. You got me beat, man. That's that's awesome. (laughs) But you know what? When you're inspired, that stuff just happens. It just flows. It's like wow, it just
1: flows. Heidi, I've gone back and looked at stuff I've written, and like, where did that come from? Yes, you know that uh, that didn't come from me. It came through me.
0: Do you know what's weird? this is a phenomenon I experience in every book that I've ever written, and I'll type it up, and I'm like, oh, I forgot to put this. So I go to put it in, and do you know, almost in the same area, it's there, almost verbatim. I'm like, like, yeah. what the heck? That is weird. That is weird. So it's I as just, if it was I, written already.
1: It's weird. I just feel oftentimes like I I'm just transcribing what's being dictated to me.
0: Yes. Yes. That's when you know you're on the right path. That's beautiful. Do you have, uh, so you do workshops. People are asking, well, where does he go? (laughs) They want to know what what events do you have?
1: I will go anywhere I'm invited. Um, Where the psychic work is concerned, I I have yet to break out of Pennsylvania, which is my home state. So if folks are aware of, you know, theaters or performing arts centers that are willing to host me for a, a psychic event, uh, by all means, get a, get in touch with me. My schedule is on my website, but unfortunately, it's all Pennsylvania venues.
0: Oh, hey, put out the invitations, people. Uh, Max is asking in the chat room. So, could it be that people with autism may actually be at the next level?
1: Well, you know, again, Max, I I don't. There's a there's a danger in polarizing people to an extreme of suggesting that they're the next stage of evolution or they're God's special little angels, just as much as the people who, you know, degrade them as, you know, retarded or, you know, intellectually void. So I I, I don't want to go there, but I do think that people with autism are maybe a little bit more naturally predisposed to tap the spiritual aspect of their personhood that we all have, Um, for having heightened senses and heightened emotions, and for thinking in visuals. Most people with autism think in pictures already. So that whole concept of the spirit communication through iconography and symbolic communication is going to flow probably a
0: little more easily. It makes a lot of sense. How would you recommend the everyday person to... I don't know, self-evolve, to be able to reach out to communicate with others or God or angels just a little bit better?
1: Well, I always tell people desire, not desperation will work in your favor. (laughs) So this is not something that you want to tap into because you want to be seen as cool or special, or you want to start bombarding strangers with all kinds of information. That's not that's not a good reason to want to do it. You want to start, in my opinion, it's the only way I know how to do it, you want to start by strengthening your bond with God by setting aside time for prayer every day. And I ask people, you know, do you have five minutes for God? Can you take a minimum of five minutes out of every day, and I would make it the same five minutes so you'd make a good habit of it, and just... Power down everything and express gratitude, appreciation, and thanksgiving for all of the gifts and the blessings and the privileges that you have enjoyed in your life. I would start there. I would start by just saying thank you, thank you, thank you for fresh air to breathe, for clean water to drink, for my health, for employment, whatever it is that you have to be thankful for. And when you do that on a regular basis, you begin to build up a spiritual reserve within yourself. It's like making deposits in the bank. <laughs> and then eventually, you'll be able to start drawing against that spiritual reserve by creating a ripple effect when you pay it forward.
0: makes sense. It, it does. It's like a muscle. You don't want to strain your muscles. You've got to kind of build it up and, and get that strength behind it. So you go to reach to to God or whatever. It's it, the strength is there. It's it's just there. Uh, you, you know, it's funny when I think of going into that that space in my head of you know trying to create that connection with God. I, I think of how much I love God, and it's so easy, it's so easy that way. Love is a good path.
1: <laughs> yeah, and but, as we were saying, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people, especially a lot of young people for whatever reason, they associate the word God with religion. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to subscribe to a specific religion. I don't think it hurts. But, you know, as so long as you are humbled in granting reverence and respect to a higher power that is the source of our creation, we are living, breathing, walking miracles. Um, that wasn't an accident, and so long as you are giving reverence to that power, that, that's okay in my book. I call it God, you call it God, but so long as, as you are giving appreciation and respect to that higher power, then we're on the same page.
0: Anything positive? Yeah, that was a question from the chat. I forgot to ask you, but I'm glad you addressed it. But yeah, <laughs> um, it, I have friends that are, have different religious beliefs, and when they have something negative hanging in their home, I've known them to, to go through and pray and, and get rid of these negative entities as well. I'm, I'm Christian. I use the Christian method. And, you know, but, um, you know, positivity, it, it seems to be the key and connecting it to that one true source, uh, like you're saying, a higher power, that uh, definitely is, is key. So going forward with, you've got so much going on. You, you've got this awesome new book. Uh, what's next for you?
1: Oh, my goodness. I am... <laughs> I am working on another project called Love's Foot Rule, and it is it's 12 Tenets for Living a Spiritually Fulfilling Life. And I was inspired to write this because of a, a purple construction paper bookmark that some child of the 1920s created and put in an antique book that I bought, and I stumbled upon it. And um, there are these 12 Tenets and i decided that each one of those would be a chapter and i would sort of like write a little essay about them wow so that's what i'm working on now
0: yeah my goodness uh, so if somebody wanted to dive into your books what do you think is the most important book for them to begin with i know that this new book is is a is definitely something you got to push out there but where's a good stop a uh, jumping point i guess to try to you know, figure these um, things out yeah
1: heidi I think that we live in tenuous times, and I think that people are dividing into two factions, and I think it is so important that we know what we're up against when it comes to evil in the world. I'm going to say last year's book, which was Under Spiritual Siege, would be a great place for a lot of your listeners to start in knowing how to discern what's what. And that is also a book that gives you step-by-step instruction on how to empower yourself as well. So everything that you need to know is in that book.
0: That's fascinating. And I'm just blown away. I really did not plan this. I had no idea that William had a hat man story to share this is i I feel like I've I've met a, a distant brother or something. It is so bizarre. We spoke forever earlier t- and I'm just like we, we, we could did. just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what a hat man story? What? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh.
1: Well I am so just... delighted to have been invited to be on your program and on your anniversary edition also. Yes. So thank Not you, a thank you. I've had such <laughs> a great time and I hope yeah. that collectively we have been of service to a lot of people listening.
0: Are you kidding me? This is not a coincidence that it was you that was on my five-year anniversary show. I'm like, click, what? This this is awesome. Thank you so much, William, for coming on. And I, I want everybody to go to your website, williamstillman.com, and uh, he's got so many books, I, I can't even count them. Then <laughs> it's all relevant and it's all necessary. So everybody go check it out, and we're going to oh, we come to the bottom of another show. So... Remember, you guys, you can catch me here every Friday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Remembering always, if it's weird, we're here, five years strong and continuing. (laughs) Good night, everybody.